Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for tuning in week after week. I can't believe how many people are listening to this. It just blows my mind. And uh, I just can't thank you enough. And I know it's because we have amazing guests that come on. They, they're vulnerable. They share some amazing stories. And then you guys promote it for me. So thank you so much. I need to, get, I need to give a shout out to our sponsors, Siegfried & Jensen, Wasatch Recovery, I Hill Institute, Veracity Networks, and uh, Living uh, Recoveries um, Interventions. And so thank you so much for believing in me and helping us get this out to as many people as possible. And And today um, we're joined with another amazing person who's doing amazing things, uh, Susan Peterson. Thank you so much, Susan, for being here. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me, Todd. Oh, you bet. I know you're a busy woman and you got a lot going on. So this just means a lot to have you here. And I'm just excited for our listeners to hear your, you know, your difficult at times story, but just all the good things that have come from the, the you know, the tragedy that you've been through. You know, I, I, I really am, am blessed. I, I mean, I've, I've, we've been through hard times, but every bit of the hard times have less, just so many good times. Yeah. So you know what I I'm and I and I learn every single day mainly from my hard things sure so yeah. um <laughs> so I I am just totally blessed I can't even I'm just I just live in gratitude every day for the many blessings that I have in my life oh I love that so, and, and we do tend to learn f- uh, the most from the most difficult times and yeah, so we really do. I, that was a great uh, great way that you said that well you know to get started um before we get into the bulk of your story, I want people to kind of get to know you a little bit. So okay. tell us where you grew up and maybe a little bit about your childhood. Well, I grew up in a little tiny town in Anamone, uh, Utah. It, <laughs> it's it, my, In fact, I, we always said that my mother had an eighth of the population. Uh, I, have, <laughs> <laughs> I have nine brothers and sisters and oh, um, wow. a, a beautiful family. I couldn't have grown up in a, a more wonderful family. Um, my dad was a farmer. Okay. He owned, um, Richfield livestock stock auction. Um, okay. uh, also raised alfalfa, uh, potatoes, uh, spent a lot of, a lot of time driving tractor for my brothers while they were hauling hay. Um, that's where I, I learned to, to profanity, to swear with the best of them. <laughs> yeah, I can bet. I bet. You know, yeah. you know, comes, it comes with the territory. It, if, if you get up and you get up in fast and testimony meeting and, and, uh, if the swear words fly, you don't even notice them in a yeah. small farming town, you know? Yeah. Well, and then I would imagine too, the, also what comes with that is just hard work. Hard work. We, you know what, yeah. at, at the age of eight, uh, I was driving tractor for my brothers and, um, and, but you know, all of us had to have a job. Um, uh, I, I got my first job when I was 12 years old Oh wow! <laughs> and, um, and we, we had summer jobs. I, you know, I was a cheerleader in high school and my folks, you know, had 10 kids, so I had to pay, make my way. Make your way and you know, yeah. I, th- that's the best thing that my parents could have ever done. 
uh, give me a, a work ethic, right? Uh, along with the, the many other things that they taught me, a good worth. And and it's been that way with with all of my brothers and sisters. Yeah. They've they've learned how. To, every one of them has learned how to work. Wow, I love so. that. And I, you know, and I think it really is that simple. And I and I say this because, you know, whatever we are struggling with, even if it's addiction or whatever, if we will put in the work. Mm-hmm. If we will dig deep, and I know it's not always easy at all. No. But but that hard work, it is. It really is such a gift, isn't it? Isn't it? I yeah. mean, I, I tell my kids that, and I have always been so grateful that I have, you know, grew up in. Sorry about that. No, good. Hey, you know, that's what I love about our, uh, <laughs> we were just talking about this, that, hey, we're going to make mistakes. And the phone might ring. We might do a few other things, but. <laughs> But because guess what? We're real people and we're just living our lives. And again, it's all good. Well, I, I answered the phone for our foundation because we try to keep our costs low. And so sure. I, I answered the phone and, and I have uh, clients calling me all the time. So, so sorry about that. No, you're good. And we're going to get into that foundation here in a minute uh, and talk about what you're doing there. So what were some other than the hard work? What were some other great lessons that maybe you learned from your family? You know, um, love. Mm. You know, when you grow up in a, a, a home of, we lived in this little tiny uh, 1,500 square foot home and the 12, 12 people, one Man. bathroom, yeah. <laughs> um, you learn how to get along. And, you know, even though yeah. you're brothers and sisters and you think that there are some similarities, you know, all of us have different personalities. All of us are different. Mm-hmm. And so I learned how to recognize I don't know, maybe recognize everybody's different needs and wants and mm-hmm. learn to love them for that. Yeah. You know, um, that, that was probably the biggest lesson that, and I've, I've always just said that if you can just learn to love somebody, if you can just pick something good about someone and, and maybe, uh, go off that instead of judge them right off the bat. Cause a lot of times, and me myself, mm-hmm. yeah. when you first meet somebody and they say something, sometimes you go, you go to them in judgment. Right. And if you can look look at them on, instead of judge them, love them for something that they've said or love them for something that they've done. Yeah. You know, look at the positive. Yeah. So, yeah. and I, I learned that growing up at the if, that big of a family in such close quarters, you know? Yeah, I can't imagine sharing one bathroom with all those people. Yeah, we, we finally got a second bathroom. <laughs> When my uh, brothers were a little bit older, I've got, yeah. um, I'm the seventh of 10. Okay. So we finally got a second bathroom. That that was that was pretty awesome. We, we celebrated that <laughs> oh, second bathroom yeah. uh, more than about anything in my life, I think. For sure. So. Well, I, I agree with that. Love is so powerful. And especially now in this world where, where we're at. And it's always important. Oh, yes. But even more so now, it feels like, right, where the world is. And kind of what everyone's kind of struggling with with the pandemic and oh, love is definitely. so important and, and so needed, right? Oh yes, yeah. and 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 it's you know and and I think that there has been a lot of hate going around, you mm-hmm. know, with yeah. political stuff right. that's been going on and yeah. and everything else. And so I just go to love. That's the, the, yeah. the, that's the first place that I really try to keep my heart yeah. is in gratitude and. And loving life and being grateful for everything. Yeah, what so. a what a great message, Susan. Thank you so much for sharing that. So you're you're a go getter. You like you're you're <laughs> you're. I mean, again, you're hardworking go getter. 
you get things done, you're, you're motivated, you got a lot of passion in the things that you do. Were you always like that as a child as well? You know, I, I really was. Um, I know that my, my mother told me one time, um, you know, you, you just, she would just say, you, you, you've got to be doing something 24 seven. And I think, you know, all of, all of my brothers and sisters are like that. I look across the board and every single one of them are like that. Um, we can't sit still. In fact, it sometimes <laughs> drives my husband's nuts. Husband yeah, nuts because right. he is he his family relaxes and does things. You know, just kind of <laughs> eases into life. And I am just you know yeah. got to get this this, go. this 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 yeah. this. And I I listened to a podcast the other day and um, she said I schedule my free time first because that that is the most important thing i I schedule my fun things first okay and then i schedule because i really feel like you need to take time for yourself and i thought oh that was a great message for me yeah because i really do need to schedule the fun times first yeah and then everything else kind of falls into place (laughs) but i get too regimented i get too too much on my plate and too many things going on sure so wow well, so as as you grow up, you graduate from high school. Graduated from Paiute High School. Uh, went to uh, SUSE, which is SUU now. Okay. Um, graduated from the secretarial program there, and then I worked for some lawyers, uh, Laborman Taylor, out of uh, Richfield, Utah. Um, great, great guys, both of them. One of was a criminal lawyer, and one was a, a divorce lawyer, and so I learned a lot there. And then I, that's where I met my husband. He's from Richfield. And um, we've got married and in Anemone, a little tiny church in Anemone. And then we, um, we've been married for 40 years. So wow. um, congratulations. had three kids, uh, two girls and a son. And then we moved up to Provo, Utah. We bought a, a Shepherd Oil um, we had an oil company at Peterson Oil down in, mm-hmm. in uh, Richfield. And so my husband knew how to run Peterson Oil. And so yeah. he came up here. He wanted his own little little thing. And he came up, yeah. he was just going to get Shepherd Oil off and running. And yeah. then it turned into this, he just said, we can't sell it. It's just too lucrative. And so um, he took on the wholesale part of it, which is a trucking company, okay. um, a bulk company. Uh, company and he also delivered to about 95 chevrons and phillips along the wasatch front um and then um we bought one little uh mall station by university mall oh yeah (laughs) um, chevron station and then that um by the end we had 25 chevron stations and so i ran the retail part of it Uh and he ran the wholesale part of it until 2006 and a company came in and bought us out uh, from Texas. And then um, we kept four of the stations for our kids to run. They had grown up running right. stations. They went to work with me yeah. every day. And so they knew how to run stations. Teaching and that's them the just hard been, work that you yeah. learned, right? <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah. you know, cleaning toilets, scrubbing grout, <laughs> uh, dealing with, with scrubbing customers. Scrubbing <laughs> <laughs> That is, yeah. Yeah, so wow. they all learned how to work. Sure. I'm really proud of my kids and their work ethic. Sure. Well, that's amazing. You, Again, you've been very successful. you got a beautiful family. Um, we're going to jump ahead here a little bit. Uh, obviously, um, you, had, you lost your son, Carson, about 11 years ago to addiction. Yes. And um, I know that's a, it's a, a very sensitive uh, subject. Um, 
but I, I'm grateful that you're willing to come share that with us a little bit. Talk about Carson. Tell us about him a little bit, and and then maybe kind of tell us what happened, and then we'll go from there. Well, he was uh, the most amazing, joyous, funny, uh, successful child. I mean, he just um, yeah. We had the, our two daughters, and then we had our son. So uh, my husband and, and we, you know, sonograms were real good back then when right. we had our son, yeah. and uh, and the doctor said it was going to be another girl. So when oh, he, yeah. we, so when we got our son, we were we were pretty excited. Yeah, and um, I had complications after him, so we weren't able to have any more kids. So we were so excited to get this little boy, and um, he just was the love of our life. Um, right. And he had such a tender heart and such a, you know, I think everybody that struggles with, with addiction, I'm addiction and, and are in recovery. I think sure. that it's the very same thing. Yes. They've got this most tender uh, spirit about them. I, I just, yeah. I, everybody that I meet, I, I, I see my son in almost everybody that I meet that's in recovery. Um, the best people are in recovery. The hardest yeah, workers well, are in recovery. You know what, and it's a great point you make there, Susan. I think what I see too in this and doing this for so long and even going through it myself, um, they feel so deeply. Mm-hmm. Like they, they've got a big, big heart. They really do. And they feel on a level that maybe some people don't so much. But yeah, you're right. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, he, he excelled in everything he did. Um, you know, he, he was a swimmer and he... He got B times from from the age of five. He was breaking every record, and um, just really excelled in everything that he did. Um, and I and I see that in, in with a lot of people in recovery. Yeah, um, right. He had to play offense and defense on the on the football teams. You know, <laughs> yeah. he couldn't sit on the sidelines. He just was. He just he just was just a go getter. And then when he got he went to Tempe High School. He got okay. in a little bit of trouble in Tempe High School. Um, and quit the football team. Just mm. shocked us when he at, at in ninth grade. He just come home one day and he said, "I'm not going back. I'm not going." I'm, I guess really? he had um, a little bit of you know hazing problems with some of the oh, the older wow. kids, okay. you know. And yeah. he just said, "I'm just not going back." He just couldn't understand why they would you know do that to him. Sure, yeah. You know, he just really kind of had a hard time, and he that's kind of when he fell off the deep end a little bit. Okay. I, I, you know, he just, he, he, the kids that he was normally hanging around, he wasn't hanging around anymore. Um, the thing about Carson is his grades never dropped. He, the, you know, when everybody says, oh, you look for their grades to drop and, and look for maybe, you know, hanging out with a different crowd. He did, he did start hanging out with a different cra- crowd, excuse me. Okay. And then um, he just, um, you know, I, I could tell that he was starting to do things. You know, yeah, he he was... just wasn't. He was, you know, he had, he had, uh, was very distant from the family, and mm. he was never like that. Right. Started being real distant from the family, and then my husband had a uh, back surgery, and um, he came to me one day and he said, "You know, Susan, I think." my opioids are missing some of my opioids are missing oh, i you know yeah. i i know i'm not taking this many so we started looking into things and yeah he had been experiencing experimenting with with some opioids and and i know that he had smoked marijuana before that yeah. and then um 
I think that that was his drug of choice. In fact, I know that's what his, his drug of choice was. Um, he, we had to send him to a, a second nature camp um, out in, um, I think, somewhere out east. And okay. we, we really felt like that that might shock him into, you know, yeah, a nature program and, and wake of, up. And, yeah. and so that was kind of the first thing that we did for him. And, um, and he came back his junior year um, in high school and just wasn't doing well. He just, you know, he just, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't our son. He was, he was a whole different person. Yeah. You know, they, it just totally changed his personality. Oh, wow. Um, so anyway, we, we got him out of Tempview High School and we put him in um, Gateway Academy, which is a private school up here in Salt Lake. Yeah. And it was for, for <clears throat> kids that were struggling. Yeah. And, and that's where he graduated. And he, he still, I mean, he graduated with a 3.8. Wow. I mean, he just did, he just did really <laughs> yeah. good uh, in his studies. He, the, the, you know, he never fell back in them. Um, but he just struggled with drugs all the time. And then we, he graduated from there. He went to the um, U of U and he got in a tr- uh, fraternity. Okay. And, um, and I think he, I, well, I know he was experiencing uh, a lot of alcohol and, and more drugs. Yeah. And um, all of a sudden he ended up on a front lawn in somebody else, somebody's house. We went right off the road into somebody's front lawn. And his, and his car just stopped, thank goodness, right before the front door. Jeez. And so the people ran out yeah. and they thought that he, you know, it, it was in a diabetic, you know, coma right. or something, sure, you know, yeah. shot when a diabetic shock and they found drugs in his, um, mm. jockey box. Okay. And so he got in trouble with the law then. And then he was, so he was off for, for a full year, um, of, of drugs for a full year. And then he went in and had an emergency appendectomy and okay. he called me at like, one o'clock in the morning and said, mom, I'm here at, uh, you know, the S hospital. I, I'm, uh, I'm having my appendix out. Can you come up? And I said, absolutely. I got up there and the minute I got there, he was just full of morphine. And I knew, I just knew, you know, because you just, you just know, you just, I walk in and he just said, Oh mom, I love this stuff. I just love this stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? And it just, I just knew then that we were going to have a really hard time yeah. getting him back. It opened that back up again. Opened yeah. it back up. He he got totally addicted again. Um, we took him down to Mexico about two weeks later. I know he brought some drugs back from Mexico. And then he uh, overdosed. And uh, his girlfriend found him in the nick of time. Um, uh, the, she called the EMTs. They revived him. Um, after three times, they had to shock him three times, and they oh. revived him, and he um, was sent to, to back to LDS Hospital, and uh, they put him in a nice bath to, right. to see if they could slow down yeah. um, the brain damage that they knew he was going to have because of the lack of oxygen uh, from having to shock him three times. Oh, man. And, um, and he lived for 10 and a half months in a vegetative state um, after oh, that. Wow. And it was awful to for him to have to go through that. I mean, he was right. in a body, he was aware. I mean, he, he knew he was, he couldn't talk. 
Uh, okay. He was in diapers. He had a trach. Um, he had a feeding tube. Um, wow. And um, to see our 250-pound mm. son, you know, uh, yeah. just, you know, dwindled out, die a little bit every single day. Yeah. Um, and when he passed away, he weighed 120 pounds. And it was really... You know, the thing about it is, is he knew he was in that body and he knew what he had done. You know, he, he didn't know at first, he couldn't figure out why he was, and the doctors kept telling him, you need to, you need to tell him what's going on. And I I told him the first time and he really didn't get it. And then the second time, I don't think he got it. But the third time I said, Carson, do you know why you're here? Do you know? And he shook his head. He could... He could shake his head, you know, yeah. he could say yes and no about that's about the only way he could communicate. He did, he did start mumbling at the very end. Mm-hmm. He did start mumbling. Um, and, and one of the things he did say to me one night, I was leaving just about three days before he passed away. And I just said, you know, I love you, son. And uh, he just went, I love you. You know, and that was one of the, that was one of the first things that was a, that was such a gift uh, that I, that he said that to me. So, um, but you know, that's it. it, No, nobody should have to go through something like that. Right. That's just no human should have to, to have to endure that. Wow. But anyway, so that is one of the main reasons why we did start our sobriety foundation was because we just did not want any other human being to have to suffer like this right? and, and go through what he did. And a mom and dad to see their, their child uh, suffer in a bed and also his sisters. And I have, like I said, nine brothers and sisters, they were all there for him. My husband's family, they were all there for him. Uh, grandpas and grandmas, yeah. you know, heartbroken. Yeah. Sure. Um, it, it was a real devastating time in our family. Wow. Uh, so yeah. anyway, that that's well, kind of my son's story, which yeah. is my, yeah, my heart goes out to you and your family. And I know how hard that had to have been. I mean, to see your son suffer like that. And, it, it was really, yeah. really hard. It, it was. Well, and, and you, you know, and you, you did, you, you've, you've got this nonprofit uh, foundation called the so- Sobriety Foundation, um, where you help people uh, get into sober living that may may not have the funds to get into sober living. Exactly. And you've been doing this for over 10 years now, we is have. that correct? That's we got our nonprofit 10 years ago. And uh-huh. obviously what happened with your son kind of fueled you in this direction and pushed you in this direction to do something Yes. to help others not have to go through this. You know, when you when you lose a child or in a daze, uh, mm. it, it, it threw me into a tailspin. Um, and I had a doctor and his wife, and they wanted to start a nonprofit. Uh, there was four people in recovery, and they need a fifth, fifth person to sign the 5013C. Okay. And so I said, I would love to. Uh, one of the things that my son said is, Mom, I, I can get sober. You know, he had gone yeah. to three or four different rehabs. I can get sober. I just don't know how to go out there in the world and live it. I, yeah. And so I just really felt like that that was where I needed to put my efforts. Mm. And, um, so, and besides that, uh, sober living is not funded by insurance. And, and I just really 
feel like it's just one of the most important parts of recovery is once they get back out in the world, how they, you know, they need to get a job. They need to, they need sober uh, companionship. And I just really feel like it's just a huge part of the recovery process. I couldn't agree more. You know, there's there's a report, a mental health annual report that uh, that you have uh, posted, and it said it showed that there's 134,172 adults in Utah who need treatment for drug and alcohol dependence, but the public system could only serve about 13,400 individuals. Yes, huge, huge disparity here, mm-hmm. and and I couldn't agree with you more. You know, people go to treatment. You know, I I can get clean and sober. Right, mm-hmm. but then you then you throw them back out into the world, you know, with kind of the same situation they've been in. Right. And I agree with you; it's so great if someone can go to sober living, be surrounded by people who are going through the same thing, continually doing treatment, right, and working on themselves, and eventually slowly integrate back into getting a job Society, and yes. just taking it slower. Mm-hmm. Because again, I can't tell you how many people come here at Wasatch, and they're like. 30 days, I'm out of here. And we're like, no, no, no. You you need to work on this for a minute. Absolutely. You know? Because like, you're, like you, when your son said, I just don't know how to, to live in this when I leave here. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. And he didn't. And he he, he tried. He, you know, he really yeah. tried. But it seems like he just would go back to the same old habits yep. and the same friends. Yeah. You know, he, a lot of his friends that he grew up with. In fact, uh, Tempview High School has a really huge problem, especially back in um, 2011 when my son passed away, uh, with yeah. of, of, of people you know, dying from, from drugs and alcohol. Yeah. It's yeah. really, there is a really serious problem. Yeah. In little Provo, Utah, you yeah. know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, yeah. And, and, and again, going back to the pandemic too, things have tripled oh and, my and gosh, quadrupled yes. in that area. You know, relapse is up, suicide is up overdoses up yeah people checking into treatment and mental health facilities is up because of Definitely. what we've been going through as a, as a country and as a world right now and what the study came out in april that says a person dies every five minutes from uh, from an overdose and you wow. know from addiction uh, five you know every five minutes and i just think you know if if we were losing people to any other disease or any other mm-hmm. form you know if they were dying from an airplane crash or a right. car crash i mean we it, it's it's more than car crashes and and uh you know gun violence yeah. it's it's even more than that and i think if people were you know and you don't hear about this a lot yeah. you don't hear about you know overdose deaths yeah, you just you don't. I, and I don't understand that. It's almost like everyone's desensitized to it or something. Exactly. It's almost like oh I just don't get it. Yeah. Well, and, and again, that's why I love what you're doing at the Sobriety Foundation. Why don't you tell our listeners exactly what that looks like for you? W- what do you guys do? Okay. And maybe kind of explain your goal and mission there. All right. Well, what we do is we try to help people that, that don't have the funds for sober living. And uh, what they do is they go to on sobrietyfoundation.org and they fill out an application. Okay. Um, and we can only fill about 30 to 35% of the applicants that we get in. Um, there's such a need for sober living in the state of Utah. Yeah. Uh, by the time people get, you know, to this part in their life, they, they don't have very many resources <laughs> to pay for their sober living. If any. If any at right, all. Yeah. And, and, and most of the time they, they end up on the street or they end up going and living back in their home, which sometimes isn't a very isn't good environment. Best, for sure. 
and yeah. and so we so we just really feel like that um, and our goal is to to every every applicant we give in to give out a scholarship to every applicant and um, oh That's my amazing. gosh the state of Utah people are so amazing and so generous in the state of Utah you know we're just barely starting to get in um, grants local grants uh, but most of it has been from from individual, individual and corporate donors. donations yeah I mean in the state of Utah and 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 because that's all we 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 help people that yeah. are in the state of Utah or come to treatment in the state of Utah yeah and um, so that's what that's what we do is just this help Utahns. That's so that's affiliated with Utah. That's amazing. And, you know, and you have funded over 1,300 people at this point. Yes. To get, which means you have scholarship someone to go in to further their treatment and also to get into a sober living environment. Yes. And, you know, I, I, we couldn't do it without an amazing board. Um, we've got an, an amazing chairman and an amazing co-chairman. And, and, and I, I'm the secretary treasurer. Mm-hmm. I, I've got a niece that has been with me since the inception. She does all of our um, IT work because her aunt knows nothing about IT work, and so I, <laughs> I can't do to do much about that. She's yeah. always uh, guiding me through that part of it. Yeah. And our, it's it's a we've got a, a, a non paid board. I mean they they don't make a cent, mm-hmm. an unpaid board, and they just they they work they they work their hearts out. And we've got some great people on our board, um, and then. Family, my family has been so involved. Right, uh, they loved Carson. Um, they just really have just been there for me every step of the way. I had a uh, a nephew do his Eagle Scout project on addiction, and yeah. they raised over ten thousand dollars for the Sobriety Foundation. Really, and um, wow. you know, there's just That's every so cool. every avenue. I just, I mean, I I I am so grateful for. For the generosity of, of my family and yeah. people in the state of Utah, all of our donors, um, you know, we have a fundraiser every year. Uh, the Grand America. It's a speakeasy. It's a, it's a sober speakeasy. It's uh, yeah. a fun take on a speakeasy, and yeah, so it, okay. it's really fun. And the people have donated their time to come and speak to us. We've mm-hmm. had amazing speakers, and 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 we we get all these uh, gifts donated. Uh, auction items that are, are donated there are beautiful gifts and beautiful trips and we don't have to pay a cent for them every bit of that goes to um, our scholarship recipients um, and and our overhead is is nothing we have one paid employee uh, she's our advocate she's a clinician and yeah. um, she helps me um, place um, our scholarship or our applicants into a sober living home yeah. Um, she, she knows a lot about addiction and recovery. And so she's helped me, wow, uh, pick awesome. the perfect place for yeah. the, for the applicant. And so, and she's, and she works, she does most of her time for, or gives most of her time free. Um, yeah. she, she can only work 40 hours a, a month and that's what we allocate her. And she, she hardly turns in any hours at all. Um, and I know she works way over, right. you know, she just yeah. she works very very hard to make sure that they're taken care of. Wow, that's beautiful. It's so, great. You know, it's interesting how when you go through something tough like this, you realize how good people really are. Honestly, at the end of the day, people are just good. Oh my gosh! You know yes. what I mean? And sometimes it it takes some to hear this, 
and go, you know what? I'm so stuck in myself. I want to go and give, right? It, it is so amazing. I cannot believe the people that get hold of me. I just had a guy on Facebook Messenger last night said, you know, we, we had a son die from alcoholism and me and my wife, we really need to get involved. And so, you know, of course I gave him my number and I told him to get right. on sobrietyfoundation.org yeah. and watch the video. It tells all about us. It, it tells, um, it has some of our scholarship recipients on there, gives their testimonies. And I just really, I mean, there was so many people out there really, I, the other day there was a, I just, it just absolutely warms my heart. I in such gratitude. There was a mother and father that lost their son mm-hmm. and, um, in lieu of flowers, they sent all their donations to Sobriety Foundation. Oh, man. And I just, wow. I, I, don't, I don't even know how they yeah. knew me or knew our foundation. Yeah. And, and I just wrote a letter in gratitude. It was, in fact, it, it happened to be right on my um, son's birthday. Oh, and it was really? it, wow. it, it, on his 35th birthday, would have been his 35th yeah. birthday. And it was just, it, it was, you know, it just absolutely warms my heart, the generosity of people. So, yeah. yes, you're right. There's so many amazing people out there. Wow. Well, and you're one of those. And I just, I'm so impressed with what you're doing and how you've turned this tragic tragedy that you saw your son go through and you're doing good with it, and you're really making a difference. And I'm sure, you know, if Carson was sitting here right now, he'd be so proud of you. know, you. when we went through the pandemic, we kind of went through, I thought, how are we going to do this? We're not going to be able to have our once-a-year fundraiser where we, we make most of our money. Yeah. And um, so I, I just got down at my knees, and I just said, you know, if this is what I'm supposed to be doing, um, you know, lead me in the right direction. And, um, you know, I could not believe we, we had a virtual fundraiser. Mm-hmm. And we we normally help over 110 people a year. Right. During the pandemic year, we were still able to help give 93 scholarships out. Wow. And I, we, we just, did my chairman and co-chairman got together and we totally reorganized our foundation so our overhead was even less than it was before we let go go of our executive director and i took over that job um because i had been here since the inception and i knew exactly how what worked and what didn't work and you Mm -hmm. know so so instead of hiring somebody which we didn't have the funds to do anyway i thought i'm just gonna start answering the phones and I'm going to just do everything that we, that our executive director did. And, and that took out a huge expense. And, um, so that's why we were able to still do that during the pandemic is wow. give out 93 scholarships. A miracle right there. That's it was, yeah. it was, it was amazing. And, and I, like you said, by, I, I really feel my son, uh, really pushing this along. Yeah. You know, I really feel like he's out there saying, mom, you know, there are, he's, he's had a lot of his friends pass away from, from yeah. drug overdoses and a, a lot of them you know haven't had the money to do anything even go to yeah and haven't even had the insurance to even go to the initial part of rehab so uh yeah i really i really feel like he's behind he's up there cheering yeah. me on absolutely <laughs> absolutely well if someone's listening to this right now and they want to give and they want to donate 
they want to learn more about your foundation, where do they go to do that? Well, we've got um, a website, it's sobrietyfoundation.org, and there is a video on there, and um, it just kind of tells all about us and yeah. um, and what we're doing, and it's uh, it's got some testimonies of mm-hmm. our scholarship recipients. Um, we've, you know, we've, you know, I, I don't even want to even drop any names, but a lot of a lot of the people that that has been a scholarship recipient has gone on to work in the recovery community and yes. and just done so well and i'm i'm so proud of them and uh, a lot and some of them are on our video so yeah. they'll be able to see that yeah no that video is powerful there's actually um someone on that video i know very well um and i don't know if, if i can i would I'd love to say his name because I want him to know how much I <laughs> think of him and care about him. But he's, he's. I know he, who you're speaking of, and he is amazing. He's on our board. Yeah, and he's up on up at the Capitol, making a difference up there. And Absolutely. he is amazing and uh, um, one of the smartest guys I've ever met, but also one of the most caring people I've ever met. And so, again, your foundation is helping so many people to actually fulfill their purpose in life, Absolutely. right? I mean, we're not meant to be on drugs no. and depressed, and it's unfortunate that it's happening, but when they break out of that and they go do what they were born to do, oh you know, gosh. it's amazing to watch. I cannot believe yeah. how successful they become <laughs> once they finally see their glory, once they finally see what they truly are. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just so fun to see them just, I mean, we... we I've, I've taught I've been really close with this scholarship recipient that um, he's been clean for 18 months and to see his growth in the 18 month he, he went to 16 different rehabs oh, wow. and finally never did go to sober living oh. and the first time he went to sober living he he yeah. he says that 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 was the key that that really changed my life was was learning how to live sober absolutely and and the the sober living facility helped him find a job and then he stayed at that same sober living facility and he was able to pay we give a two-month scholarship right we feel like if we give out just any more we almost feel like we're enabling them yep so exactly and we check in with them after the one month to make sure they're seeking employment um, so, so yes. we make sure that they're out there, you know, trying to, um, improve their lives. Yeah. So, wow. I love that. You know, I, you know, something that you posted a while ago, um, it was a quote by Martin Luther King Jr. And he said, life's most pre- persistent and urgent question is what are you doing for others? Yes. And what's cool is not only are you doing this for them, then you see them get their lives back on track, and then now they're giving back, doing the same thing. Now they're helping other people. Absolutely, it's interesting how it just yeah. kind of, you know, passes snowball. along snowball effect. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, I love what you're doing. You know, I'm going to ask you another question. If someone's listening to you right now, Susan, who's struggling, they're in a dark place. They're just having a rough time, and I, I'm sure someone listening right now is actually in that position. What would you tell that person? What would you say to them that might help them? I would just tell them that they are absolutely, utterly amazing and that their life is, is worth it. Every, every, every bit of their life is with it. I don't, I know that they get down in the dumps and I know that they do not want to be, nobody wants to be addicted. Nobody wants to be addicted. Nobody right. wants to be homeless. Nobody wants to live this way. Um, I just encourage them to just seek the light, you know, look for, take it, take it one minute at a time. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Don't look. Don't look at your past. Don't live in the past. The past is nothing. Let's yeah. let's let's see. Let's see you do good going forward. You know, I want yeah. I want you to look at the light going forward. I don't want you to to look at the, you know people get stuck in their past and what they've done, the bad things they've done. Hey, who hasn't done bad things? I don't know anybody right. in this life that does not hasn't yeah. done bad things and have regretted a lot of the stuff they've done. For sure, yeah. you cannot live in the past. Let's just start working on the future one minute at a time. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Just just take it one little tiny baby step at a time. What do you want to do today? How are you going to make your life better? Get up and get up with a positive attitude and just, okay, what am I going to do today to yeah. make my life better? Um, I'm, I'm not going to take a drink. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to seek out help if I'm, if I'm not, if, if I yeah. need help. Sure. And, and hopefully you've got somebody that you really feel in your life that's up, uplifting yeah. and really cares about you that you can go to Yeah. and Love. go to them. You know, forget the negative people. Yeah. Don't forget forget about the people that that tear you down. Go to the people that are positive and yeah. really care about you and really want to see you wow. succeed in life. Yeah, love it. I just, I just, you know, I, I there was a, a a darling, darling kid on your podcast the other day, and I just, I loved it when he said, "Delete all the the negative people on your social media. Yeah, just keep the people that are positive." Yeah, and I thought. I love that. You know, you get <laughs> so on so simple but powerful. Exactly. Yeah. You get you get on social media sometimes and you see so many wonderful things and then there's a Debbie Downer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's just like, oh my gosh. Yep. You know? You know, that's yeah. that's not you know, talk politics or you know, <laughs> right. talk you know, let let's let's encourage people yeah. uh, to be successful and because and, you know, I don't know one person that doesn't have a bad day. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know one person that doesn't have hard things in their life. Well, you know, and if people didn't know you and they just looked at you and they're like, man, she's she looks amazing. Her life's probably amazing. They'd have no idea what you've been through. No. You know, and again, behind the scenes, we're all going through something. Every Everybody single one is. of us. Yeah. And then that's why kindness and love and that gratitude that you've talked about so well in this episode is so important right now. Yes, it like is. Like more than anything. Especially now. Yes. You know, it just seems like that that addiction has just gone through the roof. Yeah. Um, through this pandemic, it's just yeah. absolutely crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm going to challenge everyone listening to this right now. A couple things. One, please go to the sobrietyfoundation.org and make a donation. Oh, you are so <laughs> Please sweet. make a donation. Um, I, I don't care if it's a dollar, if it's $5, if it's $100, whatever you think you can do. Because remember, I th- I, one of the things I'll say to my clients, um, I, I'll say this a lot. If you master the first steps of first 11 steps of AA, you'll drink again. If you master step 12, you'll never touch another drop. Mm. Step 12 is giving it away, helping someone else. And there is such power in that. And those who are struggling even, I promise you, if you will just give a little bit and let's direct it towards this sobriety foundation because it's going to help so many people, um, you will be surprised and amazed how you feel. And it might even break you out of that little, you know, maybe the funk that you're going through or the addiction or for you to go seek help. And then the second thing I want to challenge you guys, if you have a loved one who's struggling, if you're a grandparent right now and you have a granddaughter or son that you're like, they seem a little off, they whatever, and you're not quite sure how to even approach them, send them the link to this episode. Let them listen to this. 
it kind of will break the ice and then you can go talk to them. Hey, what'd you think? Um, just anyone you know that's struggling in your family, please share this with them. And I promise you this will inspire them. Susan's words are powerful. You really are a go-getter. You're a light. You are a passionate woman who obviously um, is doing everything she can to honor her son, Carson, with what you're doing. It's so impressive. Thank you so much. I, you know, I, I, I hate to take a lot of the credit because I have had so many inspirational, sure. passionate people in my life. And I'll tell you, like I said, I mean, I, I keep talking about my board and my family members, but I couldn't, I couldn't have done what we've done with this foundation without a, a lot of support. Yeah. You know, a lot of good people. Yeah, you're right. Uh, There's so many people that are supporting Absolutely. you. And yeah. donors, our donors, oh my gosh, and yeah. that donate every single year. They've been consistently donating for 10 years now. I mean, it's just, abs- it's it, just it just warms my heart. Yeah. Well, Susan, thank you so much for taking some time today out of your busy schedule. Thanks for sharing, being vulnerable with us today. And thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. It's been such a pleasure. Thank yeah, you, Todd. I'm so glad I know you, and uh, I will do everything I can to help support what you guys are doing. And uh, I, I, hopefully so many people will reach out to you after this gets posted live. So I'm well, so, thank you for inviting me and, and letting me share my story. Well, Susan Peterson, everyone, sobrietyfoundation.org. Please go check it out. And again, please donate uh, anything that you think you can and then share this with someone else. I love you guys. Thanks to our uh, sponsors. You guys are fantastic. It allows us to get this out to so many more people. And uh, I I just pinch myself every day. I can't believe I get to sit with amazing people like yourself, Susan. You've got a beautiful podcast. You really do. You're changing lives. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks, everyone, for all your support. I love you. And until the next episode, take care, everybody. Thank you.